Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the next episode of The Grind. And uh, I am Dave McClung, and with me always is the lovely... The magnanimous, the vociferous, the, I can't think of anything else, Chad Grigsby. Dave, I am the Jerry Rice to your Joe Montana. What can I say? (laughs) I'd rather be Steve Young. He was tougher. (laughs) I'm the Jerry Rice to your Steve Young, Dave. (laughs) You almost said Steve Rice, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) for, For our listening audience out there, I just have to say, that the setup we are currently recording on, Nick has his computer recording software facing me, and so <laughs> I am mesmerized with my ADD self at the lines and the the shapes, and the louder I talk, the bigger the shapes get on the voice recording, and so this is going to be quite a challenge for a fellow such as me to, to stay focused and, and on task, and so thank you, Nick, for this massive distraction. No problem. <laughs> So, uh, so um, I, to let everybody know what's going on in our worlds, I just had a momentous occasion in our family's life over the weekend. By the time this airs, it'll be uh, uh, two weeks post momentous event, but yes. or not quite two weeks post. About a week. About a week post momentous event. But my oldest daughter graduated from high school, and. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so it's pretty cool. You know, she's had this group of friends kind of all the way through from, I mean, from elementary all the way through and they all graduated Saturday. So it's pretty cool wow. kind of celebrating that. And I did good all the way through graduation. <laughs> and then yesterday morning at church, uh, we're standing there and of course they did the honoring the graduates thing and had their pictures up on the screen, kind of told, you know, where they're going and what they're going to major in all that stuff. And then they had all of the seniors stand down front and had parents come up there. And then uh, Kyle Fowler, the student pastor asked the parents to pray for their kids. And dude, I started out praying and just absolutely lost it. And, uh, and then Sydney kind of put her arm around me and leaned her head over my, on my shoulder. And that was it. I just, I I was a big blubbering baby and couldn't get anything (laughs) back. So, uh, so, uh, I don't know if that makes me more of a man that I cried in front of a thousand people or less of a man. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to need you to go ahead and turn in your man card. That's right. That's right. I think I turned money in years, years ago. (laughs) uh, I would give it to you, but I've surrendered it years ago. It it expired, uh, many years. Ago. So, uh, so that was kind of a cool, bittersweet thing, you know. Excited mm. for her, and and uh, she's an awesome young lady, and God's going to do some incredible things with her. I'm, I'm convinced, and uh, but uh, sad as well. It's my my oldest is all grown up, and uh, just another reminder that I am no longer a spring chicken. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, you look awfully young to be having a senior graduating from high school there dave well i thank you chad for uh, uh pitying me and and patronizing uh, me there and uh, well not all of us wait till their mid-30s to have children like me <laughs> that's right so that's right well you know, i was gets uh, that delight yeah yeah i was 29 uh when sydney was born and uh and so i almost waited till then <laughs> but uh no it was it was a cool it was a cool deal and uh she's neat. excited so uh so i'm i'm, I'm dealing i'm coping i'll, I'll manage but where's uh, she headed to college she is headed to arkansas state university and going to major in education so uh, uh there you go she's gonna she's gonna do well she's gonna play in the red wolf band as well and uh so, uh, so that'd be fun so we'll be going up to see some ball games i'm sure but, yeah very good. So anyway, yeah. So how was how's it been since we recorded Mark's episode for you? Man, it's been good. Things are good up here. We, you know, the probably the biggest momentous occasion we had, uh, life changing event was you know getting ice cream or something. I oh, mean, that's hey. pretty much 
all the life change that's going on here. We're just <laughs> we are knee deep in the routine of diaper changes and uh, uh, fit fit throwing. Although uh, Friday, my neighbor helped me get a swing set for Ezra for our backyard. Uh, so now we have a swing set. We got it used off these folks. Paid a hundred bucks for it. Yeah. And uh, so we got a little swing set. And so, dude, we are just we're Love in the same life. boat as you guys, just yep. experiencing one momentous life changing <laughs> event after another. Yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness. Well, cool. Well, we are are back, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of a different kind of interview today or conversation today. Uh, You guys have heard him sporadically in the background. Uh, He has never been a man of many words, and we're going to make him say lots of words today. So uh, we're going to have a conversation with uh, our majestic, uh, you know, uh, production minister... Nick Burt. I'm disappointed. Only one adjective that's, before that's the title. Get, Nick. Man. You, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work on your your presence here a little bit. I got you. you get... You're behind the scenes. That's yeah. right. That's right. I got to develop it. I understand. <laughs> so we, you know, we thought it'd be great to kind of talk uh, to Nick about uh, you know all things media related, uh, storytelling in particular, um, as we you know are always looking to tell church playing stories better. Uh, more effectively, more com- uh, make them more compelling to, to get more people involved in church planning. And so uh, so we thought we'd talk about some practical things media-wise, some storytelling components. And Nick is also a millennium uh, for you folks out there, <laughs> as we like to say around here. Not millennial, millennium. And, uh, and so uh, a little insider joke there. And I uh, thought we'd get his perspective on some things from a a young millennials perspective as well in, in church planning. So, uh, so Nick, just kind of talk about, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're still a young guy, but you know, your journey, college ministry, you know, you've done some kind of cool things ministry wise sure. and uh, then landing here at the ABSC. Talk about that. Sure. I want to start by saying I, I don't think of myself as a great storyteller, so this may not be the right podcast for me. <laughs> I know all the right things to say, so we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, no, I started uh, kind of the ministry media journey at the age of 14, which was the age that my church said I could start working in the tech booth. Um, so I started running a camera, um, and that's, that's mainly because um, that was the the easiest job started running the camera shooting the sermons um worked my way up to running the slides soundboard um and finally got to the point where i was about 16 that the when the tech guys needed off um it was a whole hall volunteers they would just ask me to do it so it was a small church but it was a great experience um and that coupled with i had a, a great high school program um went to school in texas and the high school had top of the line gear um and i really ha- I had a good good teacher in high school and I point a lot of the stuff I do back to him he uh he really invested in me um and in the media sense of it and uh he also used his talents at church so it was always cool to see my teacher um doing that and that that kind of shaped me um but then I went to college at Washita studied mass communication there um and while there had a couple of cool opportunities I uh traveled to Israel several times with the Huckabees, um, with Mike Huckabee and his family. They take yeah. a, a big tour group every year, um, and one of the things they provide to the, the group that goes is a video documenting the uh, the, the trip. And so um, each spring for three years in a row, I would travel for about two weeks um, over to Israel, shoot the video uh, with the group, and come back and piece together about a 30-minute little mini documentary about the trip. Cool. Um, and then moved on, uh, did that sophomore, junior, and senior year, so three years of that. And then between my junior and senior year, um, I got a really neat opportunity to uh, work on War Room, the movie, uh, with the Kendrick brothers. Uh, I was a set PA, which is a production assistant, which is the lowest man on the totem pole <laughs> on a film set. I, uh, I delivered a lot of coffee. Kind of like this podcast. Yep, Nick, it is. You know? it, I, I, haven't, I still haven't moved up. But the the ball headed stepchild that's of right. podcasting. And- I was everybody's <laughs> least favorite guy. I was always telling them to be quiet on set. <laughs> so I would hear the, I'd hear the director call for 
quiet and we had to echo that message all over set because when you're working on a movie there's nine million people everywhere and you've got to communicate the message and the best way was yelling so nick i don't know that i've ever heard you yell uh do, do you have that ability oh, to... i have that ability if i have to <laughs> if, if the if alex kendrick's telling everybody to be quiet i yeah. can yell you guys you gotta understand nick is one of the most mellow people you'll ever meet in your life uh you know there are times we wonder if he's breathing you know sitting over here you know so uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> no when there's that much writing on it you gotta do what you gotta do yeah, yeah. um but uh, I was with War Room, which was cool because um, it was actually funny. Right when I started college, I love what the Kendrick brothers do. I, Christian films can sometimes be kind of cheesy, and even some of theirs fit into that category. But I, I thought there was something more to it. There was They were telling a good message in a relevant way, and, and it was slowly beginning to gain interest. Um, people were watching it, and the quality of the films were getting bigger, yeah. uh, be- bigger and better. Um, production companies were starting to look at them. And so uh, my freshman year, I actually had emailed them and asked if I could intern in any way with them. And they said at that point, they were still within their church. They only hired church, their volunteers from their church to work on it. So it was kind of a dead end. Um, and then um, fast forward three years, we're sitting in class and we interview Alex Kendrick in a Christian media class. And he asked at the end of the interview if anybody would want to intern. And I was like, uh, yeah. So followed up with them, got the job did that and it, it just was a, a cool opportunity to network with like-minded people in the industry um and people who just are film professionals um because they hired between christian film professionals and just secular professionals out of hollywood yeah um so it was a good experience um we got to do we got to work with priscilla shire beth moore um tony evans was on set for a couple of days um and just a lot of a lot of neat people to work with um, and make connection connections with and then that kind of leads me to where i'm at now graduated college um, worked in the news industry for a couple of months um, decided that, that is a very fun industry but a very challenging industry um, and now i'm here at the convention where i do a lot of video a lot of web social media and stuff like that yeah cool yeah awesome well a big a big part of what we do um is telling church planting stories for letting people know what's happening across the state, what is God doing, and also helping people get more involved in church planting. So you've been a big part of that. So mm-hmm. what what are some things that would help us and our church planters tell more compelling stories? Yeah, well, the, I, I, I broke a lot of this stuff down into to lists. Um, and just to help me think through it but the first thing i would say is you got to start you just got to tell telling tell your story if you're not telling a story yet you just got to start um there's you at that point you don't need a framework you just need to be doing it in some way sharing pictures sharing testimonies sh- sharing something um social media is a great place to start websites mm. um but i think church planners and pastors are natural born storytellers um so they're all going to have a, a unique framework to work off of. Um, but some stuff that I will use when I'm trying to t- tell a story is um, I'll start by putting myself before I even start in the audience's shoes and think, what what about this is going to be compelling for my mm-hmm. audience? How, how am I going to reach them? And then um, there's an authentic... Um, requirement to storytelling for it to be effective so if you're going into a story expecting something out of it like if you're telling a story to get something it may not work so go into your story not always expecting a return from your story Um, using visuals if your story does not have a visual component to it it will not be seen Um, Hmm. I mean seeing the statistics on social media for posts that have just text versus a picture or video is incredible. And then we find that all the time here at the convention. Yeah. If we don't put a picture or video, it doesn't get seen. A couple yeah. hundred people maybe, but that's it. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I would use people and be personal. Be personable. Um, use, use people in your congregations, your family, yourself. Um, add a personable component to it, and uh, I think people will, will kind of gravitate to that naturally. But but I want to to reemphasize: you just got to start somewhere. If you're not already telling stories, don't act, don't wait till you have it all together. Just start telling stories. 
G.K. Chesterton okay. said uh, <clears throat> one time that anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, and the reality is that anything we do, we're not going to be great at it in the mm-hmm. beginning. It just everything takes practice. Everything takes work. And, uh, and, and church planners out there, you, you know, I mean, you hear us all the time say, we need your stories. We need your pictures. You do an event take pictures, you know, send us those things because we use them all over social media, you know, to kind of help tell your story, to tell our story, to draw more people in. And so, uh, um, uh, great, great stuff there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Chad, you got any thoughts there? <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at Chad and he's got this, uh, well, yeah, well, okay, that's great. Moving on. Kind of look <laughs> on his face. No, I mean, really good thoughts. I think, I think, I think it's, I mean, I'm, I love it. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, story telling stories is so important because it it gives you the audience a, a place to put yourself in something. You can picture yourself. And that's the other thing is you want to think, you know, with looking who your audience is, if they can't put themselves in that story, it's not going to impact them. Yeah. You know, if it's just out of reach, out of bounds, then it's not going to have the impact, but if they see themselves some way, how it could fit them, it's going to have the impact. So stories, stories are vital. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. So, so what, okay. So you you said that, uh, you know, for social media, for, you know, getting the story out there for people being compelled to watch, listen, you've got to have images attached to it, either video or pictures or, or whatever. So, so from a practical standpoint, I mean, you're, photographer, your videographer, all that stuff. So, you know, kind of talk through maybe some, you know, some top three to five tips or whatever for taking good pictures that aren't just an image thrown on a screen with a story, but an an image that really tells the story along with, you know, the written piece, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, to kind of capture some good Good image. Not every picture is a good picture. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> so I, I uh, yeah, I can guarantee you. There's good pictures, and then there's not so good pictures, and and mm-hmm. ma- the majority fall in not so good. But, but um, yeah, there's there's a couple of easy, quick little tips you can learn that really will help you um, get become a professional phone photographer. That's what I use because everybody's got a phone. You know, used to there was an excuse for not getting good pictures because cameras were thousands of dollars and yeah. it required film or you know other stuff that I've, I've never heard of but uh um everybody's got a phone and uh a couple of things that would help is first of all get close to your subject um if you're telling a story about somebody take a picture of them you know um let's, for an example say your church had a block party and you want to tell the world about your block party don't stand 8,000 feet back and take a picture of this big field with stuff in it. Get up close and, and find a, a picture that tells a story. And mm-hmm. and if people are close in on the action, they can they can kind of experience it. And you also got to think, they're looking at this on their phone most likely. Yeah. If you're looking at this, you've got a four-inch screen you're holding two feet away from your face. You can't see little details in a landscape shot. You need up close and personal. Yeah. Um, secondly, look for faces. Um, people connect with people. Um, I'm, I feel like I've said that several times, but it's a very important aspect. People are going to gravitate to people. Um, find pictures that communicate your message. If you're telling a story about a block party, have a picture of a block party. I mean, in, in think about finding a picture that's complementary to what you're you're putting up not necessarily a supplement you want it to complement it but it can be a little different i mean you know it doesn't have to necessarily be exactly what your story's about but a unique perspective on it and that it adds even more quality to it um, a simple very technical uh tip would be put the sun behind you as the photographer if you're taking a picture and someone's standing in front of you and the sun's behind them the, the, some of the phones will compensate for it, but otherwise they're going to turn out as a silhouette or the background's going to be way blown out. It just makes for a better picture if the sun is behind you as the photographer or the main light source. Um, uh. You know, that's why as a, you know, if you're a pastor or up on the pulpit and you try to take a picture of your congregation, you got a spotlight coming at you. You're going to see a bunch of dots out in the, the audience <laughs> yeah. and that your eyes do the same thing. You need the main light source behind you. So that's just a very uh. technical 
um, tip. And then the last one is um, it get some sort of permission. Um, get verbal permission at the very least. Um, if you're a church or an organization, I would recommend having some sort of form if you're going to use this in any way. Um, it can be very simple. There's all kinds of them on the Internet. Just search photo release, video release forms. And um, especially um, if you're, it's a picture of a minor. I can't emphasize that enough. If it's yeah. a minor, don't show names. You can, you can post pictures of minors. That's fine as long as you have the parents or the legal guardian's permission. Um, and if you're dealing with minors, I would get written permission at that point. If you're dealing with an adult, um, an able-minded adult, just say, hey, do you mind if we share this? Here's where we share it. I mean, your best bet's always going to be have it written down if, if any legal matters ever come up. Right. But that's that's something churches often overlook, and I think it's going to become more of a, uh, uh, a threat um, as the society kind of changes. Uh, that's something I've, I've personally started working on is getting permission in, in some some sort on everything I shoot. Man, that's a great thing to think about. And I'm not sure many of us have thought about, okay, we're taking all these pictures at all our events. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you posting them? How are you posting them? Mm-hmm. You know, any, any place where they're displayed publicly mm-hmm. uh, for others to see, you need to have, have yep. permission. And especially, I mean... If you have a, a family that's adopted or fostering, right. I mean, right. you've got to be right. very sensitive to very that. Very careful. And you don't ever know. Yeah. If you're having a community event and you have guests, I would I would almost emphasize taking pictures of people you're comfortable with over a guest. No, don't stray from it, but but um, you can you know the story about who you're familiar with right. a little better. And if you don't, strike up a conversation. It's a good place to start. But um, be very sensitive to that because of of the limits un, or the lack of limits on Facebook anybody can get a hold of it anybody can see it right um it's not likely that it'll go viral but some you know it the could. odds of it if if it goes viral and you don't have permission you could either miss out on some really cool opportunities or get in some big trouble yeah there so. may be somebody in witness protection too yep <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've ever thought about that. So that yeah. is a really good thought. Um, that is, for, that for is. Sure. I actually used your tip of, of getting close because uh, we do a lot of events. We take a lot of pictures. We share a lot mm-hmm. of stuff on social media. And I've never realized how much I stand away or use mm-hmm. the zoom in. And you said don't use the zoom in because right. your picture gets real pixelated. And so mm-hmm. we recently did an event. I think it was our it was a CP snapshot that you guys used recently of our church planting chapter one weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was from one of those pictures where I got up real close and yep. ended up looking like a pretty cool picture at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Was taken with a phone. Right. But yep. It did look good because it was close up. So yeah. well, and when you get close, you start seeing things that you wouldn't see so far back. You, right. you see from a different perspective and that perspective gives you the ability to find unique angles on things so okay so if you have a big event say you're doing a big block party and it's taking place over a you know cover a big area and there are a lot of people there and you want to get a shot of just to kind of paint the scope of the event Mm -hmm. you know what would be some some tips on taking a a large group shot like that because there's a time where it's kind of cool to see that big yeah big picture find a unique spin on it um one of the cool things on facebook right now is if you take an iphone and shoot a panoramic shot um it it converts it to like a 360 image even though it's not 360 at 180 or whatever you do it um so it'll it'll zoom it in and you can see the little individual things and then the person can pan their phone around and see the from your perspective of what's going on yeah or find a unique angle on it get high if you can go up in a couple of stories on a church building or a lift or a drone or uh stand on a truck or something to show that a higher elevation shot um, those are a couple things just don't stand across the street and snap it at, at a ground level. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> it, it's okay to use. I, I use wide shots occasionally, but just find a perspective that's different, yeah. um, something that's going to stick out because social media is so busy. It's going to yeah. get overlooked if it doesn't have a unique spin on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, better better to be close up and get a good picture than to get a big wide ground mm-hmm. level. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Those are good picture tips for kind of framing a story. But what are your, what are kind of your top five videography tips for telling a better story? Sure. Um, short. I can't emphasize that enough. Mm. Um, 
we see the average watch time on our videos is 9 to 15 seconds. So wow. if you can't communicate your message in the first 9 to 15 seconds, you're done. Yeah. No one's going to stick around longer. Um, I did, heard a stat. Oh, go go ahead. ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you, but didn't you have a video where the intro was like really long? Uh-huh. Like one of the first ones you did, and you were like, this is terrible. The intro is way too long. People have already clicked off yep. of it because it was like the intro was in that 9 to 15 second. Mm-hmm. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, and we've we have since we since I've started, we'll we frequently look at our analytics and adjust our videos based on what we're seeing. Um, like for example, we do a, a CP share segment where we tell stories made possible by the cooperative program, and and that's the one I think you're talking about. We the first one had a 30 second intro, and I'm like, we're not even getting yeah. to the meat of the message until the half minute mark. Yeah, and we right. had we had like 2.4 percent of our audience still on the video at that point. Wow. So wow. out of 5,000 people that saw it less than 50 are still hanging around at that point wow, wow. so i mean you you think you see okay my video had 5,000 views well really 4,800 of them saw the first 10 seconds and left <laughs> and probably 4,700 of them did not have the sound turned on yeah so wow short 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 if you can't communicate or hook the audience in the first nine seconds you're you're gonna be lost. So and what would be a maximum video uh, time sharing on social media that you'd recommend? I like Instagram's um, requirements it has to be less than a minute. Okay. Um, we we do videos over one to two minutes pretty frequently, but um, they're they're a little different purpose. But right. one minute's usually a good place for social media. If it's a social media only video, 15 seconds to one minute. Yeah. Um, and if you can't communicate your message in that time, it's not going to get heard anyways. So, um, it kind of boils down to that. Um, so would you do, say you've got a one minute video slot, uh, 45 seconds to 60 seconds. So would you take, you know, like a, uh, you know, first five to ten seconds and kind of frame what you're going to talk about? Mm-mm. No, just tell the Use story? Use the post to communicate that. Tell okay. a story in the video and then put the information in a post. Okay. Take all of the fluff out and put it somewhere else. If someone is interested in your story, they're going to go find the information. I mean, if I watch a video and it tells a compelling story and I want to find out more about it, then I'm going to read the caption or I'm going to look at the post about it and I'm going to say, okay, well, this is what they're talking about. Here's a website link. Here's a time. Here's a date. Something. Mm. Um, So use your title to set the hook mm -hmm. and then your video, just all story. Yep. Okay. Yep. And there's a, there's a, this is, this is kind of complex, but there's a method that we, we work off sometimes called the Wall Street Journal method. Um, and that's where you let the story unfold towards the end of the video. You kind of leave some of the key details out at the beginning to hook people, and then they get to the end of the video and it all comes together. Um, and that's a very common common storytelling method. Um, but that's that's number one and most important, and if you don't have that, your story is not going to be heard anyways. Yeah. So doing video is pointless. Um, okay, let me, let me hone in on this second. Planters, preachers who like to talk, uh, one minute yep. if you want your video to be seen. Mm-hmm. Now, that man, I don't know of a greater challenge for a person who talks professionally mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, than that right there yeah. uh, to do a video. So, so that means sitting down, scripting out, writing out, practicing before you ever hit record. And uh, that man, that's huge. Don't, don't miss that guys. Well, and the thing yeah. to think about with it is, is if you, if you can't tell your story or what you want to communicate in that time slot, it won't get heard anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to get mm-hmm. heard. So that, I mean, it's like either do it and make it fit or don't make the video at all. You yeah. know, it did, I mean, there's a time and place for longer videos, but it's just a, it's a tough out there yeah. in, in videos. And, but now there is a kind of a flip side to that. And uh, my second tip would be to utilize Facebook Live frequently. It is a hot thing right now. Um, and Facebook Live actually has more forgiveness for long, longer videos. Um, it, it, it's about the content at that point. If you've got engaging content, um, people may stick around. Mm-hmm. But we'll do a Facebook Live and see people jump on and then jump off and jump on. And then they'll come back and watch it later. 
Um, but use Facebook Live. Um, that's a good way to share your Sunday sermon if you want to have a video of it. It's simple as putting an iPhone on the front row on a tripod and pointing it at you. Um, oh. You can do that. <laughs> With the key being on a tripod, not just yeah. sitting on the chair. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of that, and yeah. I'm like, oh, come on, folks. Right. You can do better than that. I don't know that it's necessarily the best way to use it, but it's a way to use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I almost would, would lean more towards, like, take your sermon points and create a couple minute devotional and sit down on Monday and share a Facebook live devotional. Yeah. Um, something like that. I mean, but it, it works in that place. Um, so try different things on Facebook live. If you got to get a message out to your church, odds are 70 to 80% of your congregation is going to be on Facebook. Yeah. Everybody's there. I mean, at the, the older end and the younger end, they're leaving a little bit. I mean, I still think most millennials for the, for the most part, are on Facebook. Um, they're they're definitely heading towards Instagram, but uh, you can still find them there. I yeah. mean, I check mine daily, a couple yeah. times a day. So, it's you're still going to reach people on Facebook. So, if you got a message or an announcement or a change of something, yeah, go to Facebook Live. Yeah. Um, stories key. That's number three. I've emphasized that several times. That if you don't have a story or something compelling, it's just going to get lost in Facebook. You know, yeah. you, you see things and. You, you look at it for a second, and then you're gone. Yeah. So if you don't have a story, you don't have a message to, yeah. to get across. And, God, you know, and here's, you know, we ask all the time for, you know, kind of life transformation stories. Um, I mean, those are compelling to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to see someone who has, you know, uh, you know, had this incredible change because of what the gospel has done, you know, in their lives. Uh, that's interesting to everyone. And so the more... You know, personal you can be in those stories, and and the more of those kind of stories you can tell, the more people are going to listen and watch. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we need those stories, you know, from you as well. Yep. Um, I got two more two more quick ones. Uh, utilize available equipment. If you've got an iPhone, you can make videos. Um, like I said earlier, used to equipment was more of a challenge. Now it's readily available and very inexpensive. Um, so don't let equipment be your your limiting factor and it doesn't have to be the newest and greatest thing that's where your creativity and your storytelling comes into place to to overlook the lack of maybe a professional set of equipment yeah and then lastly and it's kind of funny i made this my my last point on this don't make video an afterthought um it's really hard to tell the story of something after it's happened Uh in a visual aspect you know i get asked all the time hey can we make a video about this that happened last week and I'm like, well, it's kind of hard to show video of something I don't have any video of. So <laughs> right. don't make video an afterthought. If you've got an event and you think it might make a good a good video, or if you want to promote that annual event next year, think about it before. Get someone there with a the camera. Get someone there with the phone. Get clips of it. And then you have it, even if you hold on to it for a whole year. But don't make video an afterthought because then you're not going to have any video. Yeah, that, that's great. So that's great. put it into your planning stages of an event. All right. Cool stuff. So, okay, so we've got some planners out there saying, okay, I'd love to shoot more video. We'd love to do more of this. Uh, you know, Rick Russaw, who's pastor of uh, Community Christian Church in Longmont, Colorado, heard him speak a few years ago, and they talked about doing uh, what they call one-minute kingdom testimonies. Uh, they had people, you know, all over the city doing all kinds of things, from food pantries to homeless ministry to, you know, adoption, you know, foster care stuff to, I mean, you name it, crisis pregnancy, uh, you know, down to just regular you know evangelism uh and so they wanted to capture these stories and and how it was changing their people as they got involved in god's mission you know kind of thing and so they got they they shoot a one minute video that would ask three questions you know who are you uh or what did you do what did you experience and how did it change you uh and so um so say some you know some guys are wanting to tell their stories you know you know, looking at equipment and, uh, I mean, you've said you can use your iPhone. You know, what are the things they need to do this without breaking the bank? Because uh, new church planners have no money. Yeah. And so. <laughs> sure. Um, well, if you've got an iPhone, you've got a place to start. Um, go to Amazon and grab you a 
lavalier microphone that plugs into the headphone jack on your phone. Um, you can pick them up for five to fifteen bucks if you want to get a really good one. Um, go thirty, fifty bucks, but you can get them all day for ten, fifteen dollars. Um, get a little tripod um, if you're not going to be doing moving kind of shots. Just get a, a tripod from Walmart for ten bucks. And then order a little adapter that'll hold your phone. You can get a phone tripod adapter on Amazon too. So maybe you got 25 bucks invested in it. Um, and then use the principles we've talked about. Get close to them, plug the mic in. Um, for video, you need good video, you need good audio. Get somewhere, I mean, your stage probably has decent lighting, so put them on the stage if you have to. Go outside, um, try to avoid midday. Go outside early morning, later in the evening um, when the sun's at its lower points. Um, and just shoot it. Uh, you can get equipment pretty cheap. And um, But for places to look for equipment, Amazon and B&H Photo Video are the two places I use most frequently. Um, B&H is kind of a, an industry standard place to go to turn for this kind of video stuff. Um, they're going to have a lot of professional gear, but they also have stuff that, that goes all the way down to shooting on an iPhone. Yeah. Um, Amazon has anything and everything. Um, and if you have Prime, you can get it in two days. All right. Um, eBay is kind of my next notch. Um, be a little cautious on eBay. Um, you know, message the seller, read the description very well. Um, eBay does have buyer protection, so if you get what you're not expecting, there is some protection there, but just be careful. Uh, kind of the next notch, Craigslist or Facebook, look for used equipment, search for used cameras, tripods. You know, if you want to get more professional equipment if you're in a small town that may be harder to do yeah um, places like little rock northwest arkansas have it um bigger bigger cities are obviously going to have that stuff and then there's sometimes local camera shops will have used gear um but i would avoid big box stores in this case um your your best buy and places like that they're they have good deals but a lot of this stuff they have higher prices on you know for example in most cameras you shoot on an sd card that SD card might be 50 to 80 bucks at Best Buy, and you get it on Amazon for half that price. Mm -hmm. Cables are the same way. Cameras are about even from for the most part, but your little accessories, um, Best Buy knows that they've got a market there, and they mark it up. Yeah. Um, so well, Best Buy, Walmart, any place like that, um, I would go to Amazon or B&H. Yeah. Cross-check it a couple of times. Check at different places for a better deal. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Good good stuff. Um, what We always ask kind of what what is the one piece of advice that you would give uh, church planters, all our guests. So what, what advice would you give to church planters on storytelling and for connecting with millennials since you is one? That's right. <laughs> well, um, first and foremost, don't over try or don't overdo it on a lot of this stuff. Um, be authentic. If you're if you're really just over the top trying too hard, a millennial will pick that out, and then you've completely lost them. Um, so will a Gen X guy. <laughs> I can't yeah, speak true to that, that, but yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, uh, authenticity, um, and that that comes down to you know who you are and what what your church is. So um, don't overdo it. Don't go out of your way to try to. Um, be something you're not, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And then um, other thing I, I see a lot is there's just so many conversations about how to reach millennials, how to how to tap into this generation. And focus on that, and then at the same time focus on how you're going to sustain reaching them after you've made the initial contact. Um, connect with them, and then give them ways to get involved. Um, and my generation is very into social justice movements and things of that sort get them plugged into ministries like that uh get them connected right away because if you reach them and then you don't connect we're gone yeah. um i was yeah. talking with dave earlier there's you know in a day where prices on goods are are increasing but on something's decreasing there's no brand loyalty anymore you're going to jump to the next cheapest best greatest highest quality newest thing um so you've got to find a way quickly to to get their attention get them plugged in 
and then the loyalty will come. There's not the lack of it, but and uh, unless you connect on a deeper level, um, the loyalty is, is lacking in a lot of senses. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Attention span, loyalty, all that stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think they said the uh, average attention span now is eight seconds. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And a goldfish has a nine-second attention span. <laughs> <laughs> We're worse than goldfish. Now. That's right. That's right. That's right. Blame social media. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, and that's something I've struggled with all my life is uh, uh, a little touch of the ADD, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so it's not just you need a fidget spinner. No, I do not. Yeah. No, I do not. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have my pen and uh, I doodle, uh, you know, and draw when I'm in meetings and stuff, and that helps me pay attention. Is that the Gen X? fidget spinner i don't know i guess it's a whole lot cheaper than a fidget spinner and i won't swallow the parts or get my fingers stuck and uh yeah so uh gosh, yeah uh that's going to be the next big challenge for teachers is all these parents sending mm-hmm. their kids to school with these fidget spinners yep. instead of putting them on medicine that they need that's right and, uh, hey church planners well, here's you an idea slap your logo on a fidget spinner and give it out of your next you block party yeah yeah. What what's funny about that though is like I think fidget spinners started for people who need them and it just it's kind of progressed into something else where it's like hey I want one you don't need one you don't have problems right. with fidgeting uh, yep. well, well it doesn't matter you know <laughs> I yep. just want one that's right yeah that's the latest craze so all right. Well, man, thanks, Nick, for all that. And, uh, you know, guys, I hope this was helpful. You know, just thinking through, you know, how you're telling your story, how you're connecting with your community, how you're, you know, communicating what God's doing in your church and, and around. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like I said, you know, we say it all the time. You know, we need your stories. We need your pictures. If you have a baptism video, uh, shout out to Kyle Reno. I've gotten a couple of baptism videos from him here lately. Uh, and those things are, are gold mines for sharing with Arkansas Baptists uh, and beyond, you know, about, about what's going on here in Arkansas. So uh, some great tips for, for getting better videos, better pictures uh, to tell a better story. And so, uh, Nick, thanks for, for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to move into rapid fire now. And uh, the questions that everybody wants to know. And uh, I'm anxious to hear some of these as well. <laughs> and uh, there's one in particular, if you answer the way you say you're going to answer, I'm going to punch you. I and, think I've, I've come up with an <laughs> alternative option. So this needs to be prefaced as Rapid Fire Millennial Edition, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We are yeah. not responsible for the content of the uh, answers. No, we are not. And, uh, <laughs> and, and may say that the answers may be hazardous to your health. So... Uh, <laughs> I, I routinely feel like we have to distance ourselves from the answers on rapid fire. Like we, yeah. uh, we're just not responsible for that. That's right. That's right. All right. So uh, <laughs> we we typically ask top one or two books you know have had the most impact on you, uh, but but uh, Nick says he doesn't read. Yeah, I, I, I read him. Doesn't or a, can't? Not a huge reader. <laughs> maybe maybe can't. And, uh, he just takes pictures uh, and videos. Like he grew up under Common Core, didn't he? Nope. <laughs> okay. I missed out on Common Core missed Common by a couple Core. years. Oh goodness. <laughs> So, so in light of our guest, we will tailor this question for him. Uh, what are, are maybe some hot podcasts or mm-hmm. Nick? Just fill in the blanks there. Whatever yeah. you want to say has had big impact. No, on I, 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 podcast is where I turn um, for for content, and one of them I've, I just recently started listening to is called "How I Built This." NPR does it. Um, it's a fascinating podcast, uh, and and all he does is he interviews business tycoons about how they built their empire Hmm. um i listened to one the other day um with uh virgin airlines uh uh, richard Uh, bronson richard bronson yes um and just some of the stuff and they all have different opinions on it and it's just fascinating for me And and you can get some cool little tidbits of information out of there i mean I don't know that I'll ever build a billion-dollar empire, but <laughs> it gives you a, um, a a connection with those kind of people that used to not be there. Yeah, yeah. So. That's cool. Okay. So that's it. Any others you want to share? Mm, 
The grinds, mother. The grinds. Oh, yes. Well, yes, hey, of course. And why That's wouldn't right. it be? Yep. And, uh, it, it is near and dear to the heart of many folks in in uh, surrounding our parents. Right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Amen. I'm I'm one of y'all's week. I'm I'm one of the regular listeners, but that's that's also because I have to. Be. You have I to edit be. the podcast. Yeah, it's your so job. You have to edit. I'm required. It. I'm I'm a uh, required listener. <laughs> yeah, that's All funny. Right. All right, what about your biggest strength in ministry? I I can come up with ideas really easily i can come up with a million ideas on how to do things and conversely my weakness would be executing the ideas (laughs) so i have a list on my phone of ongoing ideas and i have a uh, no way to accomplish them decreasing slot in the calendar (laughs) idea executing oh the story of my life yes yeah (laughs) favorite hobby or pastime um, I have a problem with acquiring expensive hobbies. I like to uh, <laughs> I like to golf, um, scuba diving, traveling. So I I don't get to do a lot of my hobbies frequently. But <laughs> so anything expensive? Yeah, any, anything expensive's got to be fun. You've right? recently dabbled in a little bit of woodworking, correct? Yeah, I have. Uh, I, I do enjoy that. Um, I grew up. My dad was he sells lumber, carpentry. So it's it's kind of like a blast from the past, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and but, you and built you built a table for the podcast, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, we'll be so debuting some, some photos of our new podcasting table coming that's right. up. So uh, yeah. it's almost finished. Yeah, so, yeah pretty cool. There you go. That'd be custom. Pretty cool. All right. What about your favorite movie? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna take a, a, a millennial twist on this as well. I have recently started consuming a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> oh, mercy. Um... And I have discovered. Y'all don't even go to the movies. No, I like movies. I went and saw no. Fate of the Furious. You know, Fast and the Furious videos are cool. If you that's can not a past, movie. Get past the uh, the fake stuff in it. <laughs> but uh, no, Dick, I think those things are totally plausible. Oh yeah, that runway in like Fast and Furious Six was like eight miles long. That airplane was on for like ten minutes. No, uh, I have I have discovered <laughs> vlogging, which is video blogging, and a lot there's a lot of guys on YouTube that do it daily, and it's it kind of connects to that podcast. I don't know, it gives you a, a look into their life. But there's a guy in New York City, his name's Casey Neistat, and then there's another guy named Roman Atwood. Um, they're some of the bigger YouTube vloggers, and I I just follow them. They're I mean, they're definitely secular guys that live interesting lives, and I don't know why it just kind of fascinates me. But it's one of the things I do every day. Watch their 10 to 15 minute vlog um but i like i like movies too i guess any action <laughs> comedy i don't know yeah i just i don't even know if we can air this after this yeah oh sorry it's braveheart like braveheart's my favorite <laughs> yeah movie. That's, that's better, better. Right. We'll that's you, better. We'll i feel like yeah. the world is has come back into focus again Our gladiator now. 300 oh my goodness why did who thought this was a good idea you know we should have nick on the know. podcast sorry yeah <laughs> Just kidding. All right, now here is the question that will determine whether we can still be friends or not. Uh, Favorite band or musician? Well, I was going to say Florida Georgia Line. (laughs) They're they're definitely top ten, but uh, Mumford & Sons is probably number one. Okay, okay. Mumford & Sons. You redeemed yourself. Okay, I just got to ask, how in the world can you hold Mumford & Sons and Florida Georgia Line together in a top ten? All right, so I was um, in college, I was a lifeguard, and absolutely love lifeguarding. And uh, Florida Georgia Line, that was the summer they put out their song Cruise. Uh It's like the optimal summertime, sun's up, you're at a pool, that song's on, so I don't know, it just brings back good memories. But I don't know. Boy, boy. The, man, I, mm. the level of musicianship from Mumford and Sons <laughs> to mm. Florida Georgia Line plummets yeah. so da- drastically. Well, yeah, well, that, I'm I'm half expecting him to say, you know what? Now that I've thought about it, Nickelback's my favorite yeah. band. Yeah, uh, that was just, that was a just, uh, bl- just the the podcast would spontaneously combust at would. that point. I was a Nickelback fan. And oh. Georgia Line is the Nickelback of country music. Yes, exactly, so. Dave. They are. Hey, uh, but in, in, in our defense, we're the nickelback of podcasts. We so. are. We are. We are. I, I would now uh, let's see, is, is there something worse than nickelback? Because 
uh, for for Florida Georgia Line to say they're the Nickelback of country music is such a slap in the face to Nickelback. It is. It's, uh, it's, it's, I, don't, I, don't I feel bad know. for saying that about. I Nickelback. feel. I do too. I do too because yeah. I don't really want to put yeah. even Nickelback in that category. Uh, yeah. You know. So, yeah. boy. Yeah. But to to to, to, to hold, this is just a miss. I'm gonna ponder this the rest of the day to hold Florida Georgia Line and Mumford and right. Sons in your yeah. top ten favorite bands. Yeah. That that is a conundrum, yep. there, Nick. Yeah. Well, you know, you got that team. You got Mumford and Sons. Cold plays good. John okay. Mayer. Okay. There's some good music in there. Okay. Okay. Florida Georgia Coming Line. Around. Yeah. Nickelback. So I'm not a Coldplay fan. I know a bunch of people are. That's another yeah. band I just They're a strange get. band, but they got some good music. Yeah. It's just they're, very they're too main they're too mainstream for you, Dave. They are way too mainstream. Well, I, two, I adjust two, my three music chord to what and I'm a doing. chores. Yeah. You know, if they're I'm working too, out I might have Skrillex on or something like that. <laughs> but Coldplay has too many neat little three chord hooks. That's not your deal. It's like if you're playing three chords over and over and it's got a little hook, I'm not interested. That's you, right? Well, I, you know, I, I I don't want to oversimplify your music taste. I'm just saying. I like a good hook. The, the hook is not the issue. The, uh, how do I even say this? Like, what's the, their big song? How to Change the World or whatever it's called. How to Save a Life. What What is that big? That's the fray. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. the fray. Uh, Coldplay, <laughs> well, what's the big? Well, I mean, they've got, ton, you know, uh, Yellow... Well, this is the uh, one that really kind of broke in, them. In my place, I mean, that those are all their early kind of stuff. But I mean, okay. there's all the stuff from X and Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fix you is that that you know? Okay, I song. have no idea what these songs are. <laughs> uh, obviously, none of them are in my clocks, clocks. rotation. And uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it, it is it is music that has potential to be good, but never quite gets there for me. Uh, it's, you know, the, of course, man, I don't know. And I I don't want to say it's too piano driven because I love some piano driven stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, I just, man. And dude's got a good voice. I mean, it's not the voice issue. I mean, I think the guys are talented musicians. I I don't know. It's just one of those bands that just, it's just one of those I just kind of shake my head at. Yeah, I was disappointed disappointed by their uh, Super Bowl performance a couple years back. I didn't yeah. think it was all that great, but Bruno Mars saved the show on that. Yeah, one. that dude, something else. Yep. Yeah, he's got a ton of energy. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, that's uh, uh, thanks, Nick, for hanging and talking with us. <laughs> and uh, guys, hope that was some good stuff to kind of give you some tips on telling better stories and, and video and photography. Uh, we're learning a lot being here with Nick around as we do videos and, of course, the podcast and just constantly trying to figure out ways to capture people's attention you know, a little bit better. So hopefully that was helpful to you and a, kind of a departure and an interesting yeah. uh, track to run down there for a little bit. And, so. and Nick's been a, just a huge addition uh, to, to yeah. the ABSC, just, just being able to tell the story and just – you know things like this podcast you know would yeah. not have existed and so yep. a lot of cool things going on at the old absc in this uh, area because of nick burt so that's right that's right we give him a hard time yeah uh but uh we wouldn't we wouldn't know what to do without him so. that's right that's right, that's right. <laughs> all right well, we're gonna kick it over to story time with uncle neil now it's story time with uncle There is power in the sharing of a story. Anthony Banks, a church planter in the Delta area of the state, shared his story about he started and planted his church in Terrell, Arkansas. As a result of his story being told on the grind, Anthony was called by a mother in another state, Illinois, actually, for help. She heard his story about his transformation from the life of gangs to following God and asked him to write a letter to her son to give him hope. Not only does your story bless others, it blesses you in return. That's why we want to hear your story. Email us at thegrind at absc.org. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. What is this? You're still sore I never read Moby Dick? I'm very important. You never read anything I asked you to. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Let's look at Chad and Dave's bookshelf. All right, today on our bookshelf, uh, we've got some new installments here. We as we took a break last time, last couple of times, 
uh, I think, didn't we? Yeah. Because Mark's was pretty long interview, yeah. and then we did kind of exponential wrap That's up, right. you know, last time. So, uh, so it's been a couple of episodes since we shared books for our bookshelf. So, uh, so for mine, uh, this go around, I uh, wanted to recommend Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard. Mm. Um, I'm kind of working through a lot of his stuff uh, now. I've read a couple of his books and, and been doing some studying spiritual disciplines and just you know just some practices that any kind of discipline is difficult for me <laughs> you know because of my uh uh you know short attention span and my desire to do multiple things at one time and not do any of them well and so just really been trying to bone up on some spiritual disciplines my prayer life has been uh, enhanced dramatically because of some of the things that we've experienced at Summit and the uh, the men's prayer group on Wednesday morning and you know, guys just done some really amazing things in my prayer life and just you know really trying to work in some other disciplines as well and strengthen them as well and so Willard's book is fantastic uh, I will say there's a section in the middle where he talks about kind of the uh, the body and that our spiritual lives are kind of an, an embodied existence, which I, you know, I understand some of that, but it got a little strange and I didn't always know exactly what he was talking about in the midst of that. But uh, one of the, th- probably the, the big thing uh, that I'm, I'm still chewing on and going to go back and kind of reread a few sections uh, to flesh out a little bit more, but he talked about, he, he, he quoted GK Chesterton. I've read a lot of books here lately that quote a lot of GK Chesterton. And uh, so I'm going to have to read a G.K. Chesterton book uh, here before long. But uh, he, he said that, uh, in quoting Chesterton, that the, the Christian life has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and therefore left untried. Wow. And, and I, well, that has just stuck with me and got to thinking about that. And then he talks about how, you know, you know when the Spirit comes to live with us and dwell with us in essence i mean jesus is with us you know every step of the way and he said uh he he asked a question in in you know pursuing these disciplines pursuing being like christ is it life-giving or just adding another duty you know to our already long list of things we're trying to do each day and he said the gospel is is good news. It is a life-giving gospel. And if it's not bringing life to us, then something is out of whack. And then he and then he talks about the whole what would Jesus do kind of phenomenon. And he said, he said asking that question in the midst of a decision we're needing to make is the wrong time to ask that question. Hmm. Um, he said it's in essence he compares it to a major athlete. And, and trying to be like an athlete in the middle of a game rather than doing all the things that athlete needed to do in order to make that kind of decision in that moment. And so he says if we're doing all the things that Jesus did to hear from his father and do you know, nothing apart from what his father tells him to do, you know, then when we get to those difficult moments, we won't have to ask what would Jesus do. We would do what Jesus did. Mm. Uh, because we have fasted, we have prayed, we have spent time alone with our Father, we have studied, uh, we have meditated on Scripture, we have done all of these things. And so, as uh, you know, this whole book is kind of centered around helping us develop a rhythm to where we are engaging in these disciplines on a regular basis and doing these spiritual practices so that when these you know, big decisions come or challenges come, uh, then, then we're not having to act in ways out of the ordinary. It's a part of who we are. Christ dwells in us. He is life-giving, and therefore, in those moments, uh, you know, it, it's it's not a strain to to know what Jesus would do and and become like Christ in those moments, which I thought was uh, that was fantastic. Great stuff. Yeah, I think you sell yourself short on your discipline because you read books like no one else. So <laughs> you uh, you have the ability to do things and focus on things. Uh, so anyway, don't sell yeah. yourself short, bruh. I try, uh, <laughs> I try bro. <laughs> yeah. So my book is uh, Organic Church, which I talked by Neil Cole, which I talked about. 
quite extensively on the Exponential podcast, so this may be a little bit of a redundancy, but uh, I heard Neil at Exponential, and he kind of lit a fire under me, and that's what led me to read his book in a week. Like I was like, I'm going to read this all yesterday, and I did. I just read it real quick because I really wanted to get in his brain. I really wanted to see... And I wanted to see about the movement that he was a part of, and because I was I was really fascinated by the idea of movements and how do we how are we a part of multiplying movements versus just um, addition type thinking. And uh, yeah. so this was really my my dive into <clears throat> into that world. And so I, you know, I when they started the awakening chapels and saw these kind of movements. Uh, happening in 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 Los Angeles that kind of spread in the greater Los Angeles and then eventually uh, made its way overseas even it just kind of became uh you know a very much a source of imp- inspiration for what we do in church planting to say how do we not just plant churches but plant a movement uh yeah. how do we not just plant um churches but plant the gospel plant Jesus so uh very very helpful for that for for me um one of the things he said, though, at the end of the book was if he could do it all again, what are the five things he would do differently, which I, yeah. which I thought was kind of a neat idea. Yeah. Um, and one of the things he said was is he would start churches in the harvest. So I think what they what they did a lot of is they tried to get Christians to go to places and plant churches. He says what, what he wished he would have done is – led somebody to Jesus more and then start the church in that person's house that comes to know Jesus. And they did some of that, but, but really to start churches in the harvest and coach people, but don't like, I think he tried to maybe take too much ownership, uh, early on. And so he just says he would, he'd do it all in the harvest. So that was fascinating to me when you think about church plants and it's kind of affected a little bit of my conversation. Like I've, I was talking to a guy the other day and he's like, we really want to plant a church in this neighborhood and we just got to find the right guy. And I asked him this question. I said, well, what if the planters in the harvest? Yeah. And he, and he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, you know? (laughs) And I mean, it's a new concept for me too, but it's kind of stuck in my mind. And so I just said, what if the planters in the harvest, what if the planter already lives in that neighborhood? You know, you just got to go find him. You just got to go yeah. share Jesus with that guy that's going to – that person of peace, I guess, if you will. So yeah. anyway, great book. Really, really just – I'm still thinking about it. I'm still stewing on it. Uh, but it's been very helpful. So yeah, there you go. And, and exciting kind of early news here. We're working on getting Neil to Arkansas and yeah. uh, looking at spring of 2018 uh, trying to hone in on a date right now yeah uh, but he's uh, agreed to come hang out with us yeah uh, for a couple of couple of days and, yeah uh, and so uh, so real excited about having him here I've heard him speak several times and read organic church and organic leadership mm. and uh, uh, reading cultivating a life for God right now actually I think it was his first book I think and, you can uh, actually get that book on uh, CMA resources. Uh, right now for free, oh, cool. like an ebook version. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. Mm, also, okay. but yeah, yeah, he's confirmed to come. I believe it's just figuring yeah. out the dates. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So exciting stuff on the horizon there. So yes, you'll, sir. you'll hear more about that in the coming months, and we'll uh, we're going to do a podcast with him as well, kind of leading up to that, and uh, so you'll get to hear uh, podcasts from him, and then come check him out our one day event so that'd be that'd be fun that'd be fun all right well that's it uh, for this episode uh you know don't forget as always you know continue to check us out on uh you know on itunes soundcloud uh google play stitcher uh download leave us reviews uh love love getting those reviews we're kind of climbing the ranks a little bit on itunes which is kind of cool and uh check us out also facebook twitter um, should be seeing a lot of activity on our Twitter account uh, here lately. Some cool things going on, and uh, some interesting folks following us now <laughs> on Twitter. Interesting, and uh, yeah, so uh, it's kind of neat. Did you a see rental car company? Yeah, did you, you see know? that recently? So we 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 <laughs> yeah. tweeted about kind of that that toward the end of our podcast on Exponential about don't rent a car off site, and and yeah. so I was writing a tweet the other day about you know 
kind of being silly about some of the silly aspects of this show. And I was yeah. writing about don't don't rent a car off site, and then I guess because they they search rental car whatever they found that tweet and started following us. It's like a promotional <laughs> rental rental car Twitter uh, account. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty so funny. funny. We have arrived now. Yeah, yeah. we are we are <laughs> diversifying the uh, that's right. the reach of this podcast. That's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, it's funny. So anyway, so uh, um, you know, look forward to that. Uh, we've got uh, interviews coming up. We we had a mishap with Nathan James and Grant Harrison, and uh, are in the process of rescheduling that now. So they'll be coming up. Uh, our, our next episode, we're gonna have the the good Dr. Willa Jacobs, uh, the Doc, Doc. We call him, and uh, who is uh, well, goodness, he is the Grand Poobah of church planting for the ABSC. We'll have to really hone in the, the time slot on that one because we could talk all day with Willie, Ooh. and uh, you will not want to miss that one. Yeah. Um, and so then we've also got Matt Hess from Toronto and George Ross from New Orleans coming up, and so uh, so great stuff on the horizon for the grind. And uh, so hopefully you'll enjoy those episodes. So uh, so signing off. I'm Dave McClung. Thanks Nick for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Keep grinding.